What? You're going. Hello, everybody. I've got a question. <laughs> are you Just shocked? Are you really? I didn't know you were going already. All right. So uh, you caught me in mid-sentence. We're going. This is how he does me, everybody. Anyway, Chastain, <laughs> I have a question for you. All right. And my question is, you know, I know that you're a principal. I'm not. And I know you're in the time of trying to figure out who's going to be your next year teacher. So I'm curious, what what are you looking for mm. that would be a great interview? You know, like, I mean, like, how do you know somebody nailed it and you know for sure that's who you want for next year? I'm just kind of curious. Maybe some people might learn from this because I might be looking. You never know. <laughs> just kidding. No. Okay. So. Uh, that's a good question. I actually like this question a lot because, oh, good. well, cause I like interviewing. I love interviewing people. I think it's super fun. I mean, I think there's a reason <laughs> teach me teacher is an interview show, but <laughs> gotcha. I love asking questions. I love diving into, you know, just what people are thinking, believing. I love kind of deciphering why they would answer something a certain way. But, uh, for me, I'm looking for a lot of things, but I want to use this as an example with one of our buddies who we partnered with we've we've always said she was our other partner before i left and then ruined the team yeah. um but <laughs> she was my favorite interview i've ever done because one her resume was really good it talked about her credentials it talked about um the the training she's had and everything else and it was really put together called her talked to her as good we interviewed and this is over zoom this is how good the interview was right this is covid era oh wow and she was i, I think she was she was coming from like out of the out of city she was going to a different part of texas um and so i think we did zoom that way because of that but i remember just having the conversation and i would ask like you know uh what's your beliefs about reading right and she, right, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of people who would go in there and want to give like the school answer, right? You believe every kid should have a certain percentage of growth or, <laughs> you know, like just kind of the stock answers. But what she did is she really she was like, you know, I really just believe this and explained her whole philosophy. And it was genuine and uh, unique. And I knew it was real because of the way she talked about it. We did the same thing with writing. And then I threw, you know, a question out there. I don't remember which one I did. I have a few. I like to ask one of my favorite questions to ask any teacher is, do you believe a kid should ever receive a zero in the grade book? Cause here's the thing. I, I think you can argue, argue both sides. I think you could do <clears throat> any perspective on that. Uh, and I want to hear what someone says. Cause I think if you say yes, that tells me a lot about your personality. If you say no, they should be in the grade book. That tells me a lot about your personality. So anyway, she goes through all of these questions. She does well. And by the end of it, I was so excited. I called my principal and I said, if you don't make her my partner, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, no. So what, what was I looking for, though? I was looking for someone who answered, who ha shared the same belief structures as me in terms of just literacy, because I was trying to build a team uh, and find the right people for the right job. And so you have that bias as an employer right now. When I say beliefs about this or that, I'm not talking everything exactly aligned, but to believe in student choice and to believe in independent reading and to believe in conferencing and 
all of those things. Look, I look for actual practices. So I don't want to be like, I will engage students. I want to know what that means to you. What does engagement look like to you, right? If <clears throat> you don't describe it well, and you, you're, you might describe your engagement as someone just sitting there in chairs working, but that might not be what I'm looking for as a principal or a leader. And so there's a lot of things I look for Ochoa, but essentially I think it's authenticity. I want to know that by whatever question they're answering, whatever we're throwing at them, that they're just being honest, right? I don't want to hire someone putting on a front. I want someone who's genuine. And if you don't, if you can go into an interview and be genuine and they don't want you, at least, you know, they didn't want you and not whatever fake version of yourself that you okay. might put out there. So I don't know. That's what I do. I guess I'm looking for that genuineness. So how do you stay genuine in an interview? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think it comes from being grounded in what you think. Now, you might not know every question that they're going to ask you, so that would be hard to to think through. But to stay genuine, I think it's just knowing really what you believe and not willing to compromise on it. I think if you're willing to compromise something, then you don't believe in it uh, nearly as much. And so I think if you go through that and just, like, relax – uh, I think you're fine. Ochoa, I have a question. This, this makes me want to flip a question to you. Which oh, no. Is, but it's like, how do you like uh, act in an interview? Because I feel like I'm very, I'm energetic and I'm bubbly and I'm confident in them. So they don't really scare me. But how do you, how would you react? Or how do you? How react? do I react in an interview? Yeah. Like, are you a nervous interviewer? Are you calm? No, I'm, I'm not. I don't think I'm a nervous interviewer. I think I can have nerves. I just don't think it shows. And if nerves. it does, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I just kind of listen to what they have to say or what they ask. And then I think you're right. I'm pretty grounded in what I know. And so I stick to that and I, you know, and I always make sure that, you know, I kind of make it more of a conversation like, you know, they might say, so how are you today? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? You know, so I try to make sure I, I probably because of my adrenaline, mm -hmm. my voice probably goes up a little bit high. And then I'm like, and how are you? You know, and, and I'm real. I get all this adrenaline energy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So and then I think because I. You know, I've done some interviews. I have a lot of I have quite a few teachers that will call me and go, I'm about to do this interview. Can you please walk me through it? <laughs> I did have one just this just the Sunday or what was it Friday? Anyway, it's this weekend. I think it was was Friday. And uh, I had a few minutes and they were like, can you please call me? And they were from another part of the world. It's my friend. But she's like, you help me get the last job. I need you to help me get this job. So I think I think it's knowing what you're at, knowing like if they talk about literacy, really having a true belief about literacy and what makes literacy. And just I mean, and and I and I know a lot of research. So I, I might say things like, well, it's real important that students have a workshop. Uh, the time to do the work, you know, always, I always stay with my time ownership and response, which is I got from Nancy Atwell. And, you know, I really talk about that and how they need to have time to think time to time to share time to write time to read. And uh, I think everything needs to be taught in context. So I always kind of tie it back to those things, no matter what I talk about. And uh, so anyway, that's 
what I do. And on your zero question, uh, yeah, I have some zeros in the grade book. I'll be honest. <laughs> but the other day, I'm interviewing other, you now. Kids, yeah, the the kids the other day they were so funny because they were like. You mean you're going to give us a zero? And I said, let me tell you, I am. And I'm going to be excited about that zero. And let me tell you why. So I kind of, I, do, I know, I'm, I kind of play too much probably. Yeah. But I sat there and I go, I go, really? I'm going to be happy about that zero. And I'll tell you why I'm going to be happy. Because I'm going to put a happy face right in the middle of that zero. Because I really want to put a 100 in there. And a zero is just one you know, one little punch of the button and I really want to do three punches. So I'm going to at least do a zero and a dot dot with a swirl. Cause then it makes me feel a little bit better. So, uh, but if you could make a 100, that would make that, I would put two happy faces in there just for you, you know, that kind of thing. But right now you have a zero, you know? So the reason I put a zero on the grade book is to kind of prompt them to do it. I don't keep the zero. I give them every opportunity as, you know, that's possible to put a zero. I mean, to turn that zero into something else, you know, but anyway, it's just kind of funny. I kind of tease them. The other day, I even drew the zero on the board. I said, this is what a zero looks like. (laughs) And a happy face because I'm happy about making sure you get your work done. So let's get that done. Okay. So I can do one of these and I put a 100 into, you know, whatever. I'm weird. I do stuff like that. That's kind of tell you. I know, I know. But well, anyway, he, I just kind of have fun with the kids. Here's the even thing. over zeros. Here's the thing, Ochoa. Okay. Okay. All right. The audience needs to know the fact Uh-oh. that you interviewed me when I became a literacy coach. I did. <laughs> I've been in a lot of interviews. I've even interviewed principals to get jobs. Yeah. So my question to you is, what was I like in that interview? <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> what was she like? Yeah, you walked in and and uh, you were like, Pam. I'm like, yeah, hey. And they're like, you know him? I'm like, I know everybody. <laughs> I thought you did a good job in the interview from what I'm remembering. Well, I got hired. It was a conversation. You got <laughs> hired. But I think they liked you to begin with. Yeah. I tell you, it was your speech that hi- got you hired. They yeah. were all talking about your speech and how, because you had, he had, um, you had made what teacher of the year. Yes. And then they were at your ga- gala, which by the way, just for the record, I've been nominated a few times, <laughs> never made teacher of the year. <laughs> I've never gone to dress up <laughs> and, and, you know, so I'm never going to have to give that speech, but, um, they really liked your answers. They liked the fact that you love the kids and that came through in your interview. And I do think you're pretty genuine, but I think you're used to it because you're used to talking. So that makes your, I think that makes it, makes you a little bit stronger. Yeah. I mean, you know, truthfully, like in a weird way, it's Uh all the, the podcasting and stuff. It's just, it's made me just really comfortable just talking to people, like just being able to be in a space and ask questions Mm -hmm. if I wanted to. Now I don't always want to do that. Cause I'm, I'm a, I'm an extrovert introvert. So not everything I do wants to be extroverted, but if I'm in a mood and I, I mean, just sit there and have talks all day long, I think that was always easier with kids for me. That's one of the things I love about being in the classroom or like, even like, you know, at lunch duty, kids will just walk up, they'll say something and I'll just start. I'll ask before I know it, we're 20 questions in and then the kids right. want to tell me other stuff. I mean, that's what I did as a, as a yeah. teacher, but it's the. It's just that ability, but that's harder to do with adults and to give that. And the re- I think the most charismatic leaders and the people that walk into a room and everyone kind of loves them 
those people are freak, like they're just on a freakish level, comfortable with making people feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, oh they, yeah, they just have that quality about them. I don't have that, so I've had to like learn how to do that. But it makes me tired. I get really drained in those situations. Oh, do you? I don't. I think yeah. I get exhilarated. The thing is, is like at church, they made me the greeter, so I'm like. I like greet everybody when they come in. Hello, how are you? Have I don't think I know you. Yep. Uh, who are you? Where do you come from? <laughs> I've seen that in the halls. Hey. Yeah, I do that to the kids too. Yeah. That's just how I am. But I think it I think it comes from my my mom and dad. They're I mean, we've always been in the public because my parents were I mean, my dad was a very well known coach and my mother was too, but my dad was extremely well known coach in the day. And so we were always meeting new people and he, my dad can, in his prime, he could chat it up. So, and there was not a strength. I mean, we can still go, like we'll go all the way to North Carolina and we'll be sitting there in, in a, in a restaurant eating with my, you know, eating dinner or something. And somebody will walk up and go, are you the coach from blah, blah, blah. I know who you are. I mean, it doesn't matter if you go with us, you know, everybody. Um, but I will tell you that I did not get every job. There's one job I did not get interviewed for. And I really think it's because I actually knew too much. (laughs) 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 And I was sitting in there and I really wanted the job. And, um, the person goes, you know, on that perceiver, you know how you have to call in and do the telephone thing. (laughs) So he goes, you had some, like you made one of the highest scores on that perceiver that I think I've ever seen. Can you explain to me how you were able to do that? And I'm like, um, well, I train a lot of teachers. I do a lot of talk. I read a lot of books, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, so I don't know. I didn't know I made a high score. I just answered the questions anyway. And then he goes, and then he goes, so you said you read a lot. What are you reading right now? And I said, um, well, Joan Wink's visions of Vygotsky. <laughs> it's like, who in their spare time reads visions of Vygotsky? I did. It was Joan Wink's vision of Vygotsky. And he goes, thank you. We'll be calling you later. And I never got a phone call. I, they I think thought you were being sarcastic. <laughs> I know, but I was being serious. I really was. It was Joan Wink's visions of Vygotsky. And the reason I wouldn't listen to her speak. And so I was interested in her book. So I was reading her book and that really was, I was being very authentic and it did not work. That's what he thought happens. I was over the top. So I did recently, well, I mean, recently as in a year, I did two of the biggest interviews I'd ever gone through, right? I mm-hmm. did. I went for the ELA coordinator position in our home district. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then right after that, I went for AP um, at the high school that I'm at. And I got both interviews. I didn't know about the AP one at first, but when I got it, That was the craziest thing I've ever had to prepare for in my entire life because it was like five or four essay questions that I had to answer and scenarios and stuff. So I had to prepare all that. I had to prepare a huge kind of like portfolio of work. And then I had to go in with this panel of top people in our district, people I've worked with for years. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I actually felt very good in that interview but I knew that some of my answers weren't the answers they wanted, even though it was the answer that I needed to give. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so 
it was the alignment's not there. Yeah, and that I felt I feel fine doing that because I don't, I would have hated getting that job selling my beliefs on something that were different. Like because yeah. I'm I'm too passionate for that. It's not going to work, and so. I ended up not getting that, but the interview went so well that they called me and they wanted to kind of do other things with me. And they were like, you know, basically help, like help me or have me be someone who's starting to build the bridges to the curriculum side. Cause a lot of people don't know, like there's really not a lot of ladders into curriculum. It's a very no. weird trajectory in public schools. Mm-hmm. And so they were kind of thinking of that. And then, you know, I tried another thing, went for my AP job. And this is what I was wanting to say, because you're talking about being authentic. So I show up to my assistant principal interview in a blue suit with, I don't remember the shirt and tie that I had, but white vans on my feet. Oh, I know that. Look, cause that's sweet. That, right. Okay. So everybody, just know. so you don't know. <laughs> I can guarantee you that Jacob Chastain is the best dressed person <laughs> on the campus at all times. Anyway, and then any any you look down and he always has some sort of vans on. I, anyway, love, go ahead. I love me some vans. I got fat feet. They fit well. But <laughs> it's uh so I go in there right and I so I was, I was dressed the way that I would dress any other is what I taught in right. And then I sit down. I remember answering these questions and it's it's going good. Oh, before I even walked in, I saw mm-hmm. a guy leave and it was the 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 area superintendent. He was he, he left before my interview. So I'm thinking like, oh, well, they've probably already picked someone because I'm right. Here people are leaving. People. Yeah. It's like people are leaving the room. That's probably not a good <laughs> sign. Anyway, so I go in there. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to be as me as possible. And I, it was going good. We were laughing. We were joking. I even remember there was a time where I'm talking and spit comes out my mouth and lands oh in front of the other principal. And I go, oops. And I wipe it away. And I go, we're just going to ignore that happened. <laughs> and I, it, luckily my, uh, the associate principal who right now that I work with, she, uh, <laughs> She she uh, she laughed and she was like, oh, that, that's funny. And shoot. And then we went past that. You know what the best question they asked me, though, on that interview? I still remember it because it's such a good question. They go, you clearly love teaching and students and planning. They go, why do you want to be a principal? Right. Like because you like why leave what you love? And my answer and this actually is uh, to. I believed this, but it wasn't a prepared answer because I never thought of that question. But it was uh, I said I wanted to be a principal before I hated teaching because I think it would make me a better principal. I think there's people who ah. are wanting to get into leadership roles and they're like, oh, I, I, I don't want to be, you know, I'm, I'm so tired of the class. I want to go be a principal. I want to mm-hmm. do all this. But I don't know how you help teachers. I don't know how you lead teachers if you dislike teaching yourself. I don't think you can do it. No, I don't think you have the same understanding as those who love it. Because the thing is, is those who are really committed to teaching and being in the classroom. And I'm not saying that we don't have some great principals or administrators that taught just a few, you know, the minimum years and they turn out to be great leaders. I mean, I'm not trying to insult any anybody like that, but there there are quite a few that don't like teaching. And then now they're having to run a school. And I just don't think they understand their teachers, Mm -hmm. first of all. If it's, it's almost like, um, I don't know, it's, 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 as a teacher, we do whatever it takes to get that kid to pass, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we are in what they say, the trenches. I don't, 
consider it the trenches, but that's what people say. I mean, really the heart of education is in that classroom. And if you don't understand that that's the center of all education, okay, then as far as like with these kids, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, but but we're only, I do believe this, we're only as strong in the classroom as our, our support, the supporting us outside the classroom. And so it takes the whole group. Okay, so if you've got somebody up there that doesn't understand where you're coming from as somebody who loves what you do and and, you know, and you need help with the student, they immediately take the sometimes they take that approach like, well, you just don't like kids. Well, now that now you're you're perceiving on me. That's not the case. The case is I love this kid and we need to do something to help him get better. But then sometimes it turns, you know, it, it turns against me. Like I'm not, you know, I don't know. It's just a weird, a weird thing. And I've worked for all, I mean, over 30 something years, I've worked for a lot of different people and some are just, but my best principles that I've had, I also, well, one of the best principles I've worked for beside the one that you and I worked for um, together is someone that actually I taught with. And that was a phenomenal teacher. He was a great teacher. And he took that whole entire philosophy about teaching. And, you know, if if a kid is wanting to be somewhere, it's his job to figure out a way to get them to where they want to be. Even if it is talking to them about their behaviors and doing, you know, all of that. But the, the goal is, is to find out what that kid wants to do and we're to help them get get there in some way, in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And and I think he still takes that same attitude with the teachers. Where do you want to be as a teacher? Okay, my job as your principal is to help you get there. Okay, and he looks the same way with the kids. And when I worked for him, if he said he was going to do something, he did it. And not only that, like if he said your data folder needs to be on, on your table at this certain time, he'd come around and he would check. And it was always on Thursday at a certain time. I mean, it was without fail. But then if everybody did what they were told, he would turn around and and we'd have banana splits the next week, you know, because he was celebrating the fact that we were as a team would all work together. So he treated he didn't look down upon us. He looked at his role as someone to help bring us all up and to protect us. And I think that's how he taught in the classroom as well. And I think it transfers and carries. And I think he's one of the best principals I've ever worked for. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I mean, there's no way around it. You have to, no. you got to like uh, Hamish Brewer. I've had him on the podcast. Great guy. He talks mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, you can't lead people who you think you're better than. Right. Like mm. you, because it's it's just condescending at that point. It's judgmental. It's controlling. Because if you don't respect the people that you're leading, you're gonna try to control them because you don't trust them. Um, and there's it. You you have to to lead that way. But that, here's the thing: like these, like <laughs> to circle it back to interviewing. Because I guess this episode's about interviewing. But <laughs> I guess it is. We didn't know that. We haven't even okay. introduced it. That's fine. We're gonna. We get haven't there. even introduced. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's just sometimes you gotta let the conversation go. It's fine. It's fine. I guess so. Our All pa- right. Our Patreon supporters will—they'll be—they'll be okay. <laughs> They're gonna love it. Anyway, um, no, just that. Back to the interview thing. It's the like if people were talking like this in the interview, they were phrasing their answers in terms of being respectful to things. I think that 
is really interesting too, because it's really easy to jump into an interview and try to come off as the fixer, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like, uh, I know a lot of admin, like they get interviewed about the data of a school or something. And I think it's a mistake for people to go into interviews thinking that they are the, the, you know, the, the change agent, so to speak, right? It's the, because you're, you're looking to join a team. You're looking to join a community and serve a community. And I think that, I think that comes off, even if you don't use the right language, I think it comes off in an interview, right? If you, if you're truly wanting to do something, because I think we've all interviewed for stuff that we really weren't super passionate about, or we just needed a job when we were younger, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why do you want to work at Walgreens? I don't know, man, just give me 725. It's like, you know, but that comes off like there's teacher interviews that I've been in and it's like, you don't even want to work here. Like, why are you talking to me? Like, I don't, I just don't believe that they really want to do that, but I don't know, I guess. So if you like, let's imagine, right. Let's do a thought experiment. You are about to get a new job, right? Let's say you're changing schools. You're, you're interviewing. Do you research that school to have background? Mm -hmm. I do. How do you do that? Like, what do you and think? And I recommend to everybody to do that. Say that again. So how would you recommend someone do that if they've never done that before? What are the steps to researching a school for an interview? Okay. Well, there's several. I mean, I don't know how it is. I, I've, I've only worked in Texas, so I'm sorry about that, but that's all I've done. Um, but what I would do is I would first make sure I at least knew the name and the mascot and all that stuff for the school because, you know, the colors and things like that. But um, but I start with the website and I look and see what all I can find out about the website. I look at the district itself and I see what's on the district. I try to find, you know, sometimes you can't get to because you don't are not a part of the district. So you can't get like to the curriculum and things like that. But there are a lot of reviews out there about it. And then the state and in Texas, our schools are rated. So then I'll go in out and there's places on our TEA website, things like that. And so I would find my state website or my school, whatever, wherever you find that information. And I would look up the data and I would see if I'm if I'm interviewing for an English reading position, then I would I would look to see how that school has grown. I would look to see maybe some areas that it's you know, struggling in and I would figure out a way because if if they're needing somebody, they're probably going to ask me a question about how would you fix, maybe you said fix a minute ago, but what would you do to to help close the gaps in these areas? They're not going to admit that they have a weakness, but they're probably going to figure out a way to question so they can get that, that weakness answered. So I would, I would definitely look at those things and, um, you know, whatever's available, any kind of documents that I could find, uh, their attendance, their location, their, uh, the, the, um, population that's there, uh, title one school, uh, a well-off school, um, those types of things. I I would look at all of that. And I would look also at what do they like, I would look at their athletic program. I would look at their, you know, are they, are they a strong fine arts school? Are they a strong athletic school? And then when I, when I've learned all of that background and, and I believe this is the same, even when we're teaching reading, the more background 
and writing, the more background our kids have, the more background we have as individuals, the more we can talk about just about anything. And so uh, you find a few things. Everybody wants to improve. Everybody wants to be successful. So if I'm preparing for an interview, I would want to see how would I personally be able to help this school meet whatever goal it needs to meet. And, um, and you know me, I, I'm strong in athletics. That was, you know, I used to be a coach. And so you will see me. I volunteer a lot for my athletic program. I, you know, I do all kinds of stuff to kind of help the areas where I know, like even in choir, I would stay back and help the choir director. So I figure out a way where I can insert myself. I don't, I don't volunteer for every committee. I don't do stuff like that. I'm not, you know, I, I do say no to things, but I look at myself where, can I fit into the school based on what I'm seeing? And then when I give my answers, it's it, I kind of try to see myself with the school and how I can help. Yeah. I, you know what I did um, when I was researching the high school that I work at now is I looked up social media. So to see what mm-hmm. like the stuff, mm. the, the school will post yeah, about, social media. Um, you know, and it's That's right. And I love seeing, like I've looked at a bunch of different schools just out of curiosity and, you know, there's some that are like, they'll post the occasional thing, but they don't really have a, the community's really not there. No one's really paying attention. But then at the campus I'm at now, it was like, there was all these comments and likes and shares. And it was just kind of like a, you just get the feeling that it was a little bigger in terms of just the energy around it and stuff. And I, and I like that. I don't now I don't, does every great school have great social media? No, but I think it, I think it's a, you know, it's a, in this day and age, social media for people like me and younger, probably, I mean, definitely younger, but, uh, it's your presence, right? It's about your, the energy that you're giving off, so to speak. And I think there's a lot of schools that don't, they don't focus on that visual aspect so much. Right. You know, you, you can, like you've seen this, I mean, even in the districts mm-hmm. that we've worked or the districts we've worked in is, uh, when you walk into a place you can kind of like, you can see just how the difference, like small, like decorations and changes can do in one school versus another, right? That energy, same district right next door. One feels gloomy and you know, it's like, yeah, you don't get an energy from it. Another one is same building, right? Same architects built it, mm -hmm. but because they just do different things, the teachers have a different feel. They're all at their doors. Mm -hmm. Everything's kind of decorated a little bit. It just gives a whole different thing. I don't think schools think about that enough, but that think that's, I think this is how you attract good interviewers or or, or good uh, prospects. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's all real important. I think you're, um, yeah, I think all of that's real important. And and I think if you're, uh, as far as social media goes, I guarantee you that principal's already looked at my social media. I can right. guarantee you that. <laughs> so why can't I look at theirs? <laughs> so I think that's a good start. I didn't think about that. Because when I used to do all my interviews, we didn't have all that. Right. We really didn't. So it was more of looking at the newspaper. <laughs> You know, are they in the newspaper? Are they, you know, are they making it this way, that way? But um, I grew up in this area where where we live. You know, I haven't really moved very far. My parents are uh, just a few miles from me in the next district. They worked in the next, you know, the district next to ours for 30 plus years. So I grew up in this area. So I knew all the schools. So I didn't have to 
already knew what they were strong in and what they weren't for the most part. But I have researched schools and I, I did the last, now that we have all of that, I did the last few that I, you know, that I was able to go to. Mm-hmm. How do you find, right? Talking about getting jobs. How okay. do you, how do you go about even looking for the right area? So I, the most recent example of this for me was, you know, for a principal, the people that told me, they said, do us look at a map, draw a circle, find out where the districts are, where you're willing to live or where you're willing to drive to. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones you apply to. But I think administration jobs are a little bit different. Like for finding a good spot as a teacher, what do you, I mean, what do you even consider? Like I, cause I've walked into schools for, um, an interview and it was like I said that I'm, this is connected to that vibe thing, which is just, I just didn't get the right feel from me. Go to the interview. There's not a right feel, but how do mm-hmm. you, how do you make that judgment before you even walk in? Can you do that? I don't know. Like, how do you know? Like, I guess just looking at a school, if it's a good fit for you. I don't know. I usually, <laughs> uh, I haven't really looked at too many places. I know well, that, fair. um, but I can drive by a school problem and go, no, not for me. Um, but I know the area, I think. And I've been fortunate. Right now, I, I just drive a a, mi- a half a mile to school. So I need to get to a rock. So location is everything. Uh yeah. I mean, like when we had they had a tornado warning, I had a tornado warning. I can tell you that. My alarms go off in my house. <laughs> Because I'm so close to the school that whatever's going on at the at the school, if I'm not there, it goes off at my house. But uh, no, I, I was driven by, you know, when I was younger, I was driven by the fact I wanted to be a coach. So that was really my goal in life was to be a head volleyball coach. That's really what I wanted. And of course, you know, things change. Um so that was that was different. So so that was more of is it a good athletic program? I was more interested in that. And but as far as like getting a a good vibe, you know, we have a I don't know, I have a cousin that was, you know, searching and uh she found a job that they're growing actually in her camp at her in her district and they hired her because they're growing and she took it because they're growing. So sometimes, and that's because as they grow, she's actually going to be one of the leaders and she's going to probably, they'll probably name the building after her because she's going to be one of the founding people. So I think a lot of the times if that school is growing really fast, that district is, and you're, and you want that kind of thing, then I think, you know, I think that that's a good thing. I think if you are, To me personally, it's not until after I talk to somebody that I know I really want to be there, to be honest. So like if I talk to them and they have the same philosophy that I do, then I'm all for it. But if they start talking, if they start talking about limiting the amount of reading I get to do in the classroom and they start limiting the amount of workshop I get to do, uh, I'm probably not going to fit there. So if they start telling me about their scripted lessons, I'm probably not going to be there. But if they're talking about a vision and where they want to go and how they want to create uh, literate learners and they want to, you know, have a strong reading and writing program, then I'm probably going to going to head that direction. Well, that so that brings up another thing is another way to find out is, I guess, in the interview when they go, do you have any questions? 
right? Because uh-huh. mm-hmm. my one of the when I was going for the curriculum job, I actually had a few, and I planned these. Uh, I kind of thought about ways to show more of my knowledge with the questions. That way I could kind of round out. So I knew they, they're they going to ask me whatever. So the questions I prepared were going to add a little bit more sauce. Okay. You know what I mean? All so right. I kind of planned it that way. Mm-hmm. So one of my Locked questions up. I asked, though, was, you know, at the end of the day, after, you know, I'm serving in this role in this job, I was like, what is a successful, what does it mean to be successful in this job, Right. I asked that question. So they got to respond to that, but then I got to respond to that. So I got to associate myself with the successful wow. way. But it was also interesting to see even what they thought about that. Like as a teacher, I would ask that. Like at the end of the day, when you're evaluating me, what makes me a successful teacher? Right. And if the principal answers, you know, well, you know, quality T tests and all this other stuff, then I'd be like, you know, that's probably not my place. But if they're like, you know, if we show growth in kids, both socially, emotionally, academically, all those things. Um, then we'll do better. And I'd be like, okay, that's more my style, but trying to pick okay. out, trying to ask those questions that pick out, like, if you get a feel for them, like, how do they think about, like, if they mm-hmm. asked me about zeros, <laughs> right. I would be like, okay, <laughs> so what's your stance on discipline, right? How long should a kid be able to be suspended? Right. Like just, <laughs> just flip it on them. <laughs> flip it on them. Well, Okay. I like that. What, so what would you ask, right? What, what would be a question would that you I would ask? ask a school to find out if they aligned with you or not? What do you think is more important in the classroom teaching process or product? Mm, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Because <laughs> if they're a product oriented school, then I probably that means that they that's all that really matters. But process is where it really, I mean, process is where it's at. Mm -hmm. So um, I had this, um, there was a a leader in uh, from Odessa and right now her name is escaping me. And I'm really sorry if you're listening to this, but, um, but anyway, she was being interviewed at the conference I went to, went to the Abydos conference this last weekend. And uh, they had a panel of different groups of trainers and just asking, you know, what has Abydos done for you kind of thing. And so one of the things she said was talking about process. And it was interesting because she said process. She You could tell that she's for the bilingual. She, she's a bilingual person herself. And she made the comment that um, process eliminates language barriers. Because everybody has to think through in order to figure out the problems. And so you can start teaching language and everything else through that process. But we all have to learn using a process. I thought that was kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, That, you know, especially when you're teaching reading and writing. Mm Because if they're reading in another language, you know, I think she's a bilingual. She might be the bilingual coordinator or something Mm -hmm. in Odessa. But the whole thing is, is when you're, I think her, her point was, even if you let your students speak their own language for a while, they're still doing process. As long as they're processing, uh, then they're still learning. So I thought that was kind of fascinating. So I don't know, but I I think process is important. Jim Delisle and some people agree with him and some people don't. um, But Jim Delisle is a GT uh, expert. Um, I can't right now remember where he's from. It's been a long time since I've read his books, but uh, Jim Delisle is a process person 
And he talks about if you have a if you have students who have trouble with perfectionism and they can't produce anything because it, if it's not perfect, then they're not going to do it. If they can't be perfect at it, then they're going to stop. And he says the only way to cure that is through process. So uh, reading and writing workshop is a process type mm-hmm. uh, learning. And so it's not product based, it's more process based. So I think that's probably what I would focus on. Man, you went, that was like a whole sermon. There you go. Well, now you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Process>, baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. You know what? I think that's a great place to stop. That was just such a perfect little, I mean, you took us on a roller coaster. We went up, we went to. down, we went around, we did loops, uh, and then you somehow we ended up right back where we started, and it was a beautiful transition. <laughs> But we still haven't introduced. Oh, no, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. That's Pam Show. I'm Jacob Chastain. We are two English teachers down here in the state of Texas doing what we love in and out of the classroom these days. But we love literacy. This podcast only exists because you listen, you subscribe, you rate the show. And also from our Patreon supporters, they support us at the Listener and Listener Plus tiers. They get bonus episodes that no one else hears. They get bonus content, bonus training, bonus access training, bonus videos, and our crafts and draft demo video so if you want all of that if you like this and you want more go over there to the patreon page craftofdraft.com slash patreon or that's not true it's patreon.com slash craftofdraft that's the website because okay. go to craft the draft workshop you can click at the top go find our patreon page but our patrons are alicia brandy leah mark amy sarah rebecca courtney carol Melissa, destiny Lori, natalie susan tracy adria hannah Lori, jen matt and amanda they keep the lights on they make sure that we don't have to bring on ads on this you know if all y'all left we'd have to bring ads on the show we don't really want that do we Ochoa? no we don't <laughs> It might uh, take up our time. That's right. We can't have we can't have ads taking up our talking yeah. time. Otherwise, we would get lost in the question. Not intro the show and talk about interviewing and decorating campuses. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Craft the Draft. Know that we are here for you. <laughs> <laughs>